September 10th, 2007, it's the Watt from Pedro Show. Thank <laughs> you. 
Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, we started off with Tenor Conclave with John Coltrane, along with uh, Hank Mobley, Zoot Sims, and Al Cohn. And Red Garland. No, there's four tenors. No, well, Coltrane, Mobley, Sims, and Cohn. Zoot Sims. We didn't say yeah, Zoot Sims. I didn't say Zoot Sims, sorry. All right, Paul Chambers on the bass, Art Taylor on the drums. Something uh, guest for today's show, or tonight's really, it's uh, 9.56 p.m. Moscow time, because we're bringing you this show straight from Moscow, Russia. First da. time, me and my guest, Mr. Steve McKay, Stooges Sax Man, I have ever been to this land. Uh, we followed up with a buddy of ours, Kamilski, and his... Yeah, known as Kundahola. Kundahola, and Knickers to the right. Yeah, now, Kundahola will be opening for us tomorrow that's night. That's why we're in town. That's why we're, we're in gonna town. We're going to play first Stooges gig in Moscow ever at a club called B1. And we arrived, I don't know, 2 o'clock, and it took about an hour to drive in. And then... Uh, we sallied forth on foot, right, Steve? Yep. We went to the, we went to Red Square. Right. We went to uh, St. Basil's Cathedral, went inside it. You know what I found out today? What's that? That Ivan the Terrible had the architect blinded so he could never create anything as beautiful again. Well, I heard he also had him buried in there, but that was like an untrue myth or something. Well, he might have done that, too, <laughs> after he blinded him. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. Beautiful architecture, though. They built it in the 1550s? It's parts of it are older than that, too, I believe. Yeah. And uh, everybody's seen it. If you've seen a picture of it, you'd know it. It's got one uh, central tower that's kind of a elongated uh, pyramid thing. And then around it is a bunch of uh, turbine-top towers. Nine of them, and they're uh, named after saints. Um uh, Got little eggs, a little souvenir egg with the, with the, the 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 Holy Mother and 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 the baby Jesus. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, we couldn't really walk down the middle of Red Square because there was some prac going. What like about twenty seven buses worth of marching bands, military, and some otherwise. civvies, yeah, and some Scotsmen. The Scotsmen with their with their bagpipes and kilts. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> They were practicing for some big thing. They Maybe had, tomorrow. And stadium seating all set up around right, there. Right, right. Yeah, Lennon's tomb in the middle of there. You could, all the pictures we saw as kids uh, with the uh, Hefe's waving, we saw where they did it from. We couldn't get right up on it, like I said, because there was prac. But uh, it's a red granite thing. And then it's right up against the wall of the Kremlin. Now, the Kremlin's a castle-like trip. With the, it's a big kind of a um, like a neighborhood almost surrounded by castle walls. Yeah, right, it's right. But it's not really part of uh, St. Basil's. It's a separate dealio. And then we went down a side street. Yeah. And we're exploring and came upon a pad named... Uh, Chase. Che. After, uh, you know... Guevara, man. Right. Ernesto, I think is... Ernesto Che Guevara. Right, yeah. right. I think Che meant dude in Argentina... Slang, and he was the only Argentina dude with the Cubanos. 
And so they called him Che. Yeah. Uh, and so we went to Che's and uh, had some. Once we got in the front door, they just they discovered that we had to talk them to the fact that they that they let us in. Or you have to leave your coat here. And we realized it was because they thought we might be packing. Yeah, the cat lifted up his shirt to show his waistband. You know, like, he doesn't want any of that, and he waved his hand off. And uh, a thank you in Russian is um spasiba yeah spasiba and so that's what we told him <laughs> and went in there and uh had some uh, some moscow uh moskva local brew yep and some cyrillic <laughs> once you once you get out of the bouge pad things are really <laughs> cheap on the street yeah 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 like later we went and had a a dog in a wrap with pickle and uh, mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes and pickles. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was a couple <laughs> of bucks, you know. Yeah. And then we got some surveys here. I think it's local brew too. It's called uh, maybe Boyka. Maybe it is. We don't read Cyrillic very well. <laughs> uh, it's kind of gray, kind of cool. It kind of sprinkled on us. Uh, we were lucky. We flew in from uh, Helsinki, and the gig before that was in uh, Frankenstadt, uh hour and a half oh, south Fre- of Oslo. Frederikstad, yeah. Frederikstad, I'm sorry. An old fortified town uh, for something that translates Norwegian as Moon Festival. And uh, both Norway and Finland had sunny weather. Yeah, it was really, really beautiful. Yeah, it was. Uh, Moscow here has got some uh, kind of grayish. If but, it got another five degrees colder, it would be snowing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, folks were cool to us. and uh, We went in a big group at first and then got scissors. <laughs> so it was just me and Steve alone. and It, it, it was kind of neat now. Uh, it's nothing like the old pictures you saw. There's a lot of advertising. There's there's a lot of money in this town, in this especially this area. Not particularly evenly distributed. Yeah, but, probably not. But but there is a lot. Yeah. And there's not a lot of lotas driving around. <laughs> in fact, a lot of you know chinquando. Yeah, Mercedes and things like the that. hombre and Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> now not the militia. <laughs> they got some little tiny cars, but some hombres had Mercedes with the blue light on top. That's right. That's right. So uh, with some pad called Kapinski's, which has a chain of burn wards <laughs> <laughs> across the world, make sure uh, the bones are getting distributed. <laughs> That's all right. There's you know plenty of work to like pick up dirty towels and stuff. <laughs> but the breakfast is on the house, so yeah, we're into that, huh? Um, trip, I tell you, the hats that the uh, a lot of the police and military wear, uh, you know what you might see on uh, if you watching TV and watching Hogan's here. They're not. <laughs> It's not the crumpled little thing uh, Colonel Hogan's got on. No, it's about a foot tall and it's about a <laughs> foot wide. <laughs> we got off the plane and the first thing I saw was this 
little kid soldier standing there watching us as we got off, and he had one of them hats on, too, and I'm going like, now I'm in a foreign country. I thought I'd been in foreign countries before, but this is, it's 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 the whole other half of the world, you know? It's like, yeah, but the, I think the, it's a big dynamic thing here. I don't think things are static. No, no, they're they're changing all the time. Yeah, and it was like I said, an hour drive, and went through a lot of woods, went through suburbs where the old that that, that, that housing is where it's kind of beat up, and lots of new housing. Yeah, come the up. thirty story high kind of <laughs> tenement projects where a lot millions of the people live still. That was put up, you know, under the under the, the old regime, but still working. And then uh, casinos and malls, a lot of malls, a lot of distribution. What are they called? Outlets? They got Ikea. <laughs> they got the Ikea. Ikea is what it's really supposed to be called, but that's all right. Yankees. <laughs> now, uh, last night we played in uh, Helsinki in an ice rink. And... Uh, well, it was kind of a special bass solo for me. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded great out front. I got to I got to spend my time before I played to go out and, and hear some of it from the front, and it sounded really, really good. You know, uh, I was talking before when I recorded in Tokyo, and I was having trouble with that song at 7, and those folks in Migu helped me by tapping out the beat. You well, got it tapped on you. Yeah, Egg was paddling me with Mike, and in fact, I got marks on the culo. <laughs> well, he, he after the gig, he said his legs were hurt, and he wanted to come out and work it with me like he usually does. Uh, but yeah, his legs weren't up to it, so he found an alternative route to. Aiden a bat with some whooping on me, Jim. <laughs> well, that, that that was when we do. They were on the downbeat, so yeah, when we do electric chair, you get that feature solo. Sixteen you know, bars. Yeah, we all get me and Ronnie and and and, and yeah. Mike all get the sixteen bars. So yeah, we got to work in Scotty with sixteen bars. Ratatatum. Yeah, the grim beater. <laughs> right. But remember, and then and then also we got to pay attention to the bar called Loose. Right. In Helsinki, they got a bar named after a Stooges song. And the night before the gig, went and visited. Right? Yeah. They got, you know, pictures of the Stooges all over there. And, and MC5 uh, had been there and, you know, MC3. And, they, and they'd autographed stuff and, you know, posters for Sonic's Rendezvous Band. And You know what tripped me out is they had windows on the street. For some reason I thought it'd be downstairs or something. Thought it'd be a real cave, huh? <laughs> it was all right, and then and then, and then the the owners found out we were there, and they came down. Yeah, it was nice. to see us, and I got to experience the cocktail known as Fisherman's Friend. Yeah, tell me about that. I don't know, sort of like uh, Jaeger Monster with a shot of vodka added to it. It was like drinking cough syrup, sort of. <laughs> But it was tasty to me. Thank right. God I only had one. And they had a local pivo. Yep. It was pretty good. I think it was something with the bear. Karu? Yeah, Karu. Right. And um, lots of nice folks there. Uh, 
It got a little chilly when night came on. And that's southern fiddling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where Oslo was pretty Cali weather. That Incredible. Was you got to understand, being this far north, the sunsets don't go down quick. Well, maybe they do later in the year, but this time of year, this is a It took about an hour sunset. and a half of twilight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah. And before that, uh, we played in uh, Dublin. Something called the Electric Picnic. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, I did... Uh, Last radio show there, and Steve helped me out in the third hour because my buddies could only stay the first two hours. And that was after we had played Zagreb before that. that yeah, Zagreb started off this late. And the end of the road. And that was up. a sweaty gig. Now, Southern Europe is not like Northern Europe. Yeah. Whew. There was some humidity, there's some heat. And we got, then, then we got, uh, after tomorrow, we got uh, uh, one more show. In France. In France. Just outside of Paris. Fête de la Humanité. Yeah, and uh, that's all for Overseas Stooges this year. We got one more gig planned in the U.S., October 27th, something called Vegas in Las Vegas, and we're going to do the entire funhouse, uh, like the record. Because we... We do, the, we do it in the show, we do we that. We do them tunes, not in order, but we end up doing all them yeah. tunes. But for Vegas, we will recreate... For the second time, because we first did it a couple years ago in England at the Hammersmith Apollo. That's right. We've been playing a lot. Huh? Yeah. Since this Weirdness album came out? Yeah, you know, cannot complain about lack of work or lack of promotion thereof. Right. most I've ever experienced. But uh, in October, you got something coming up, Steve. I'm going to go uh, to the East Coast and uh, play some live dates. Uh, one of them is at a place called Southpaw in Brooklyn. That's the only one I know about for sure, but I think there's a couple others. They'll be playing with some... Uh, and recording at a pad and, and called and Caesar's Palace. Caesar's Palace. Uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, I'll be doing some recording and, and uh, you know... Uh, these, the the band's called uh, Blue Prostitutes, and uh, it's got some guys that I've already recorded uh, on part of the stuff. Radon Collective. Some of the Radon Collective and, and a couple other people. And uh, by the way, Kamilski is part of the Radon Collective. Yep. And uh, so yeah, that, that that's that's been really good, and I'm looking forward to that. And, and you're instrumental in Kamilski playing tomorrow. What? My instrumental and you are instrumental. Oh, I'm instrumental. Yeah, because I've been in touch with him, and, and he originally, well, Pop heard his heard, heard uh, his his music, and said, "Who is this guy? I want him to open for us." And he wasn't able to open for us in uh, San Francisco because he was he was already in check for the summer, but he usually lives in California and uh, the desert. Close to SoCal, <clears throat> but he goes back and stays with his around his, his uh, <clears throat> native people in the summertime. And he was touring all over Europe, doing his own stuff. And when we communicated with each other, uh, he said, "Yeah, well, f- first we were, he was supposed to play in Paris, but then that didn't work out. 
but uh, this thing in Moscow came up and uh, I was able to hook him up uh, with Stooges management and thence to the promoter and they really liked the stuff that he got. Well, what's the thing he's got on MySpace? You got we got to plug that. Oh yeah, he's got a. Uh, well, we played the audio part, right? Nickers to the there's right. A, there's a video of it, and the man is a movie star. What's on? What, he is. He is, isn't he? But is that is that on? Was that a, was that a MySpace thing? Yeah. Yeah. Kundahola. Kundahola, and uh, it's him. Uh, Visualizing it, Visual, quite a bit. <laughs> like, yep. The sagebrush fever, taking the ears to the eyes. <laughs> That's right. And he waves a pretty mean spear. Indeed. <laughs> you know, it was interesting last night at the uh, Helsinki gig. We were doing my idea of fun and. It goes out in the crowd, you know, and he comes back up on stage. Somebody passed him up the most gigantic purple dildo. <laughs> I was like, what's this about? I, 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 don't think I, I saw something go flying over the yeah, stage. Yeah, well, he tossed it back, yeah. But I, I have yet to see someone pass up one of them things. So that was a trip. Somebody threw up a Stooges T-shirt. Kind of different. They was good people. Yeah, was yeah. Good people, real good kids. Chant and do uh, I Want to Be Your Dog. They do that in every country. I don't care what their native tongue is, whether it's Serbia or Macedonia or Japan or Brazil. They all know that one. <laughs> in fact, uh, they get it twice a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, so we call it the double dog. We'll do it as a reprise at the end of this of the show. Right, where Steve comes on board. And I get to play on that one, on that version, so I like that. Because usually it brings Steve in on the end of 70. Yeah. And then he's there for them. Before that, Steve is helping with the amps. <laughs> well, when the stage invasion happens, that, that, that that's my... Somewhat self-appointed jobs to stand behind the double stack of marshals in case somebody falls into them, and there's there been a just a few times where it was really good that I was there. I think we only had about twelve people on stage last night. Yeah, as opposed to uh, two or three hundred. Yeah. <laughs> where was that? Well, Gla- that was Glastonbury. Glastonbury, where- Tokyo, uh, not Tokyo, but Naiba, Japan was a well, massive Well, because they get up there and then they don't want to leave. And there was a big one in uh, Chicago for Lollapalooza. Yeah. What was the one where Eric... Dublin had around? a lot of cats. Leeds had... That was Leeds. Leeds and yeah. there was a few people there. They, they, but they, uh, they, there's they, some aggressive guys, I guess, on uh, the road boss, uh, Eric Fisher. And he got blindsided and then... Hit up against stage and cracked a rib, which ain't happening. What's that about? But usually, lager louts. Yeah, we don't have that. That was a weird, weird trip. Well, let's play some music here. Something from Texas.
to Ketamono by a band called Many Birthdays, and they're actually from Texas, but I understand they spent some time in Japan, probably speak the language pretty good, and according to Mike, they sound the most Japanese, but we got three more Japanese bands afterwards. Well, everybody sounds Japanese. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that right? Hi. That means yes. The Head That Controls the Right and Left by Bleach 03. They're from Okinawa. All right. And then... Three girls. Then we got Shoes On, Shoes Off by Hiroshi N. All right. And we got Headache by Noise Clinic. All right. Yeah, that Japanese scene is really amazing and fascinating to me. All right. And they're... Uh Part of big universe of music. <clears throat> we gotta find out about some more music from here in Russia. Yeah, I mean, not really. There's some. There's a band out of San Francisco now called Red Elvis, and they're all they were all Russian immigrants. All all Russian immigrants. I think they do a surf thing. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I, I, I think I, I think I seen their truck driving around Austin or something in Texas, and they yeah they got they got like the big balalaika guitars and stuff, but and they and they, they hammered balalaika. up balalaika, yeah, and uh, but we're really not hearing a lot coming out of Russia, yeah, and I don't know if that's because. It's not in keeping with the party line or whatever. But wait, those days are done, aren't they? But wait, no, maybe they're not. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just uh, a little slower in coming. There must be a lot of bands here. I would think so. Yeah. There's a lot of people here, and if there's a lot of people, there's a lot of musicians and a lot of uh, people, especially young people, that like to go and see music and, you know, dance and go berserk and there's certainly plenty of vodka to fuel all of that too so. I think uh, people are in touch I'm walking around it didn't look like people are from another planet no no they look they look pretty plugged in yeah so and we heard mu- uh, music coming out of uh, stores and stuff and it wasn't the Volga Be- Bolt man well a lot of a lot of your cities even in the states they're built on rivers because that was before, before they had railroad trains or before they had... It was the transport. You know, yeah, freeways or superhighways or whatever. It was The boat was the, was the way to go. Bike pass. Bike, bike path along the boat. <laughs> I was reading something that said, like, the invention of the bicycle was, like, a thing that really changed history. Cause people Not until get- 1700s, which is amazing because they had chariots. Thousands of years ago. Yeah, they needed but a nobody, horse for that. You know? No, but the idea of putting one wheel in front of the other took a long time. And it took them a while to figure out that the that they should maybe be both approximately the same size rather than having one that was six feet tall and one that was a foot tall. The penny farthing. Yeah. The Can bone you imagine shaker. That? Direct drive. Can you imagine going up a hill... <laughs> Well, Helsinki, I saw some cruiser bikes that would have been hard to get. Oh, we saw a beautiful cruiser bike, and I got to talk to the owner of said bike. Yeah, and she asked him about San Francisco and taking that. Oh no, no, doing it, but yeah, you see, we well, you asked him. It's like, is it hard to get up a hill? And he says, yeah, but luckily it's pretty flat around here. And then I said, is it hard to get around the corner because that thing's about eight feet long, and it was all stretched out like a stretch limo. It was like you know, like a fat tire bike. With way cool handlebars and, and and a chain about you know six feet long, <laughs> and nice purple paint job with pinstripes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, his his buddy makes uh, makes the frames and then you know you put your your pieces together. Ah, yeah, I saw a couple of cats pedaling around. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. We didn't see any. I didn't see any tall bikes. You know about no. the guys from Cycle Side out in, in in San Francisco. They they they'll weld one frame on top of another and give you a six foot high bike. You don't want to fall off. I think I made a bike like that one time. All you do is you take the frame and turn it upside down, and then figure out where to put the seat because you can hang the fork backwards too. And all of a sudden, you're five feet off the ground. And you cut forks off another one, weld them up. The yeah, the one I made, I didn't, I didn't do any welding, but 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 oh. these guys, these guys doing the welding now, yeah, and, and so they make all kinds of amazing things. But what about the hills? 
I guess you have to have one with a, with a, with a derailleur on it and, and a bunch of sprockets. You know, the guy's going up the hill, and he's like going four times around with the pedals for every step you'd make if you were walking. Yeah. That's called gearing down. That's called gearing down. Well, you're you're a big pedal man, though, Mike. You know? Yeah, and that's why I relate to this and visualize a dilemma. That where, where I live, it's like it's, it, it's pretty flat, but you know, I got like one little hill. But then, if I wanted to get to San Francisco, it's called over the hill, and no, you. I don't care what you're riding. You'd be walking. But you don't go to San Francisco a lot, huh? Not anymore. Well, I lived there for so long that I've... Right. I, and I, so you, you don't know. really know the bands there. But you do do something there called... Uh, it was the, 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 boat, the Bay, Bayview Boat Club. No, the Thursday. Third Thursday. That's where the yeah. Third Thursday plays. And, and we... Uh, and they, they're still playing, uh, you know, the Third Thursday of every month there. And... Uh, they tend to feature like a lot of Zappa music and stuff, but playing a lot of stuff from the seventies. Right, there's something with covers. Yeah, a lot of covers, a lot of cover songs, and 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 that that's fine. Then I don't know. Lately, these cats come in and just rotate, yeah. jam. You know, and I I go down there and I'll I'll play with Third Thursday, but then I'll sit in with every other band that's there if they'll have me. So I'll end up playing like three hours solid, which is good. Keep the chops up. Got to keep the chops up. As a matter of fact, I think I might be be able to make Third Thursday this month. Oh, because we come back on a Sunday. Because I missed it for like the last three times the because summer. we were gone. Right. Yeah. So three months worth. Is there like a cat in charge of that? That's Mike Dingle. Okay. Yeah. Does he, he have another band besides that? I don't know. He 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 tends to be. He's kind of like an organizer kind of guy. But then, the the people that that play with him are in lots of different bands, including the Cycle Side House Band and Victims Family and. Oh yeah, I know some of them cats. Remember that's a, that was the they guy actually who, weren't from the city. They were uh, closer to Petaluma or something, Sonoma, Katati or something. And they were really young when I played with them. And then they came back around. They were in different bands. Larry, bass player I know. That was the guy in Sydney that, that gave me the bear hug and cracked my ribs. Because he loved me so much. I love him too. Don't worry about that, Larry. It was like... Remember? Because I said, what are, what are you doing here? And he was, in, he was in town to do some recording, so... Some rib crack. <laughs> some rib crack. <laughs> Now when we see each other, we just kind of like lightly hug and shake hands. That that that's it. Fingertip touch. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on out there. You know, it's like it's it's just it's it's hard. It's hard. So you're not as plugged into the the quote unquote industry or the buzz as as you are down south. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, the thing about that is everybody wanted to move to San Francisco because that's where all the bands were. Right. And so everybody's in a band. And so if everybody's in a band, then there's not enough audience to come and see you. And yeah. the bands end up watching each other. But you come from Grand Rapids. Why did you want to come? Well, I, I, in fact, there was a lot of people from Michigan that went 
right? That was that. I would call that like the Rust Belt Exodus. And I was. We're talking early seventies. Yeah, I was coming out of. Well, I went to college in Ann Arbor, which is you know where I I met Stooges and all that. And uh, so I lived in Ann Arbor for God about ten years. After Grand Rapids. After Grand Rapids, and then at a certain point in time, it was like diaspora, and a lot of the musicians I knew all bailed, and some went to New York, and some went to Boston, and some went to uh, Nashville, and some went to Austin, and some went to uh, L.A., and... Commander Cody and those guys went to the Bay Area, and I tried to figure out where I was going to go after I after I bailed on Mojo Boogie Band. And I'm fond of saying I was probably about three steps ahead of the DEA, even though I wasn't doing anything that bad. But they were going after the musicians, you know, try to get the 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 little guys to go after the big guys. I think we used to be. I used to be part of the house band for the big guys, staying up all night, you know, with gangsters. They didn't realize they were gangsters, but uh, yeah, I went to San Francisco in '77, uh, and ended up uh, playing with first with the Moonlighters and Bill Kirchin, and then uh, we went back to being uh, Commander Cody's uh, band again. And so a couple of years after I got out to California, then I was touring the States and I was coming to Europe for the first time. So that was a good move for me. Then after a while, after various life experiences, good and bad, I kind of got tired of San Francisco. And when the chance, when I lost the last house I lived in in San Francisco, then it was time to uh, move on. So I moved 10 miles south to Pacifica. And uh, ten miles can be a big difference. It's a whole different NorCal. state down there. It's it it, it just you ten know ten miles. Yeah, and it's like it's like central. ten miles east of me is Long Beach. Yeah, and that's that's a whole lot different than Pedro. Yeah, but not like Pacific to San Francisco. No, that's true. It's a Central California coast town. Uh, uh, Pacific is, although most of the people, to be fair, still make their livings in San Francisco and they drive over Do the that commute. hill. Yeah. yeah. They got a nice it's a little car. slower, but it is. It's a little bit slower, and and as I found out over the years, there's a whole bunch of musicians that are you know either residing there in between things, or hiding out, or both <laughs> down there in Pacifica, you know. And they, they but it, it 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 it's it's a different scene, but I like it, and I'm I'm looking forward to going back there. When uh, Sunday, uh, less than a week now. Yeah, yeah. We've been home a couple of times, you know, in between things that we've done. Uh, Briefly, you're home for about four or five days or something, and when you get back, there you are pulling into London again, and there's the same driver, you, you, Clyde, Clyde, the guy that you had the last week, and it's like you'd feel <coughs> like you never left, you know. I don't really miss miss being around this crazy crew. Maybe Sp- May. Ah, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody dangled a carrot that was too fat to not take a snap at. But 
that's what they say. But that's, and that's that's why I'm going to be doing things like going to play with Radon and you know head down your way maybe and do some things down there and yeah, cool. Try to stay active and you know maybe make some money, which would be good. Some music, uh, make and, and make a lot of music. <laughs> uh, well, shit. Um, we're coming to the first end, uh, first at the end of the first hour of September 10, 2007. What from Pedro Show? Hang tight for hour two. September 10th, 2007. It's a Watt from Pedro Show. Okay, we'll hang up the song every time. So we will call this Versaka M. Lishboa. True story.
Oh, 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 oh,
Alright, that was Rosaka M. Lisboa. Something live from Steve McKay and the Radon Ensemble. Steve, uh, when did you do that and where? Well, it was this great club in Lisbon. I can't remember the name of it like I couldn't the last time we had a show and we played another cut from it. But when? 2004, summertime. And uh, it was Three right, years right after Stooges' tour. And my lovely, lovely partner Patricia was there with me and uh, got to see that. And we had uh, Kamilski's on that. He's playing uh, synthesizer and uh, Doombeck. And a guy from Argentina named Alejandro, when we played that last cut uh, the last time. Uh, last week. Playing uh, the cello. And uh, Buddy uh, Benjamin from uh, Mechanosphere playing some uh, synth and some percussion. And Scott Neidiger on percussion. And uh, that title... Rosaca is Spanish or Portuguese. For, it means sneaker wave. Not Spanish. <laughs> I think the Spanish they they'll use it too. Okay. A Rosaca. It's like, and it's a sneaker wave, but but actually it means hangover. So hangover in Lisbon. And that was one of the few times where we'd actually, where I would actually name the song before we did it, and maybe that was a mistake. But <laughs> why? Well, I don't know. It's just sometimes it's better to name them later, but. Uh, we had a we had a good crowd, you know. We, the, the 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 art critics kind of left before the show was over, but we but the the, the ones that remained gave us a standing ovation. So we, we, there were some tribes, in North America. You name the baby the first thing that runs by the teepee. Right, that's why you got your name. Two dogs fucking. Scotty Tenbeer. <laughs> yep. Anyhow. That was uh, it was a it was a good show and that was uh, that was really great. Uh, it turns out Kamilski actually had recorded uh, that set and so he handed the why he was tracks. playing. Well, he, he he had well you know he wasn't sitting behind the knobs. He set his 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 mini disc recorder out there somewhere in the crowd and got a hold of it you know and then and then saved it for me and was kind enough to pass it on to me recently when we saw him in uh, Brussels. Now, what's it like when you're doing something like that in the moment? Yeah, it's pretty much in the moment. We try to get like a rise and fall of the energy. I try to get everybody to, you know, give everybody some space to play their own thing and stuff before I come on with my sometimes hackneyed and cliched fluffing sax playing, but... That one turned out pretty good, so I'm happy with it. Had you played with any of them before? Yeah, I played with everybody except for Alejandro. And uh, he was a wonderful, wonderful player. Real sensitive and stuff. I kept trying to get him to play a little bit more louder and more aggressive. And I think in our duet, he ended up doing more of that. But this one was pretty good. Uh these cats in the Radon Collective, how'd you meet them? Oh, boy, I was... Uh, my friend Lauren Dobson 
hooked me up with the guys from uh, Liquorball, which is the instrumental kind of rock derivative gang of guys that used to be out of San Jose. And uh, so it turns out they were the first group that ever had a record on the Radon label or the Radon name, anyhow. But uh, I was playing with them at this uh, club called the Cocodri that no longer exists in North Beach in San Francisco. And, and it was just random how you found them? Well, uh, well, what happened was I was playing with Liquor Ball and... Yeah, but how'd you find it, the Liquor Ball through that other through, lady? No, I know, from, from Lauren Dobson, ah, the Lauren. guy, you know. Lauren's got a shrine to the Stooges. The, the Old Mine Temple. Yeah. He's, I, I, I hear so tell he was buds with them. He's a guy that I ended up on a bus ride from Detroit to Chicago because of a power outage and we couldn't do the gig. Right, the first, the first, the first uh, Stooges homecoming. The, yeah, right. Yeah, and when we did do the second one, it ended up the DVD. But Lauren, I rode on the bus with him, so that's where I first met him. Yeah, how'd you run into him? Uh, he. Uh, Sorry for inferring a woman thing, <laughs> Lauren. Uh, L O R E N. Yeah, and he's very much a man. Yep, yeah, he. Uh, he got a hold of me. I think I got, he got my name out of the phone book. He had, he'd found a, an EP called Seaside Curios that I had put out with uh, a couple other bands, uh, and we we had like a four four song double sided thirty three and a third seven incher, and uh, so it was a phone book connect back back in eighty three, and he found it in a used record store, and he says is this the same Steve McKay that played with the Stooges? And then he called me because he was... Uh, thought you were dead? Well, he thought I was... Yeah, he, among those others that thought I was dead, he thought I was dead or, you know, wasn't and sure. And that was Nick Kent that started that, right? Yeah. An English writer. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, also having, later on, having the same name as another guy... Who did pass away? Who yeah. did pass away right. from San Francisco? So he calls you, and he wants to interview me because he's going to write this article about Steve McKay, the Forgotten Stooge. Clear it up to clear it all up for Black to Come, which is a you know sure fanzine that you know not that great of huge of a circulation, but seems to be well renowned about the world. Chris Stigliano. Stigliano uh, who I haven't spoken to in a while, but I need to get back in touch with him. And anyhow, Lauren, you know, interviewed me. And, uh, well, that was like 10 years ago or, or more. And, and now, we're, now we're friends, you know. So, so we, he, But he was buzzed with the liquor ball folks. He was buzzed with the liquor ball fo- folks. He hooked me up with them because I wasn't doing very much at that point in time. And Electrical work. Yeah, it was getting wired. Wiring and wiring, and uh, the second time I played with Liquor Ball at the Cocodri, uh Temple of Bone Mateen was on the bill, and I think at that point Scott Neidegger was the bass player in that band, and I played with Liquor Ball, and it was like, okay, Patty, let's get out of here. I'm, it's time to go home, and they started playing and. 
lo and behold, there's Brother Vinny Paternostro, who is, you know, blue prostitutes, these guys I'm still playing with, and he was playing the saxophone. So I hauled that horn back out of the case, played with him, and we ended up, like, marching out of the front door to Kearney Street and, uh, you know, met those guys and stayed in touch with them ever since. And then, you know, they I, I played with... Uh, Kundahola and Liquor and they, Ball. They uh, evolved uh, Euro Connects. Yeah, well, it's, and Scott had already been like on, you know on that Gypsy Trail for a couple of years. But then, as things evolved, that was probably like 2001 or something like that. And as things evolved, uh, he would bring uh, he would bring bands through the Bay Area on uh, like European bands. And they would go play at KFJC. Los Altos. And I would go and play, sit in with them, you know, cold. And then we'd do the radio broadcasts. And some of that stuff is on Michigan and Arcturus. Right. And uh, so we just maintained that connection. And, you know, they at one point they had me come up to Portland. And that was like one of the first, like Steve McKay and the Radon Ensemble Shows. I think it was called Steve McKay and the Little Beirut Ensemble the first time. That's what they called it. Yeah, was well, when George Bush Jr. went to uh, Portland, a whole bunch of people were protesting and probably throwing eggs at his limousine or something. And he said, my God, this is like a Little Beirut up here. And so they decided to make the most of that. And that was also the first time I played with Smegma. And the Quaquam vacuum, and you know, and then and then it was like a big mishmash of stuff at the uh, the Jasmine Tree, which was like a Chinese restaurant slash experimental music club in downtown Portland. And uh, so you know that progressed. Richard Meltzer was with Smegma at the time. Yeah, yeah, he certainly was, and I hadn't seen him since uh, Stooges days. Well, actually, I saw him when we were doing the Moonlighters album. He was in his band called Vom. Yeah. But they, you know, that was talking about, talk about night and day. We're playing the last country rock album ever recorded in L.A., and he's, and he's like the beginnings of punk, you know. Yeah. What was it like to see Richard again? It was great, you know, and everybody had said, oh, this guy's, he's kind of crusty, you know. He's not very friendly, but it was all hugs and how are you, old buddy, when I saw him. And so that was wonderful. And you did a few more gigs because you come down to SoCal. Yeah, we. Well, that that was when we. Uh, yeah, a, a, you know, a couple of years later than that, this is when we went when we went down to Southern California and we and we played at the der- at the Derby there, and you and Thurston came down and saw us. And I almost didn't do that gig. Raymond. Yep. Almost didn't do that gig because they said, well, Radon Ensemble, they can't play. You can still play with Smegman. I was like, yeah, I want to play. Let's go home. And the band said, Steve, we don't care if we get to play or not. We're going to be really disappointed. You're really going to let us down if you don't play. And so we showed up. And next thing you know, I'm having to negotiate with the, with the promoter about whether we're going to play or not. And he wasn't too keen on the idea, but our promoter, well, not the promoter, the owner of the club wasn't keen on it. The promoter canceled his band so that we would have space to play. And and so then 
I was able to play with Ray Don and then later on with Smegma. And so that, as you know, that turned into a real good show and a real yeah. good night. And that was that. That was a good thing. And then I, I, I went back up to Portland a couple more times and uh, had some good shows there. And then, uh, and then the Stooges thing started happening. And then, uh, right about that time, uh, Radon guys uh, got me a ticket to go over to Portugal, and I went over there for a week with them in Mechanosphere, and we were doing a. We did a tour. We played uh, Lisbon and Porto and uh, Braga. And that was a hard-charging week. And we did a radio broadcast in Coimbra as well. And uh, it was just, uh, it, you know, just continuing and continuing. And we haven't done a lot lately because I've been so busy with this, but... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that thing in the East Coast with with those you know radon right, right. affiliates, because you know you don't have to necessarily be on the label, but it's like I I see them all as part of a grander collective and which is the website radoncollective.org. That's right. R a d o n c o l l e c t i v e dot o r g. Now tomorrow's Tuesday, so a week ago we were in Dublin. Yeah, I guess you're right. And, no, it was Wednesday. I'm sorry. I can't remember what day of the week it is. Tuesday we ended up doing the radio show, but Wednesday we're going to leave for Norway. But, but not until the, the flight, afternoon. Not until yeah. late in the afternoon. So before the flight, we drive over to a studio. I think it was in a horse stable. On, on the, uh, way across on the other side of Dublin with Estelle. I mean, with a pile of horseshit with horses. Good little studio with an Irish band from Dublin called Estelle. And we did five songs with them. Yeah, it was like a couple of theirs and a couple of years. And, and yeah, what was that like? It was the first time I did a studio recording with you, Mike. After all these years we've been together, and you know, got to see how you work, and you're a hard charger, and a, 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 a hard taskmaster. But we got it. We got some good stuff down. We didn't have a lot of time, so we had to charge hard, right? But it was good. It was, you know, it was it was certainly different kind of music than what we than what we do with the Stooges. Although the last two was Funhouse, so we did a cover of that. That's true. But it was a different take on it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Instrumental. Right, right. Now, I know Estelle because, well, I met them, them up and up for me when I was playing in Dublin a couple of years ago. And I played a lot of their music. But Steve had no idea. But, you know, it was an opportunity. And, like, I asked him, come on. Because I told them, you know, they had come to the electric picnic, see Stooges play. And I thought, man, I'm in town. I'm not in Dublin all the time. The music's a kind of thing like that where you got to kind of seize on it. You know about this in the Radon Collective. You're not always together. Yeah. So when the circumstance brings... Especially when we get to 
do all this traveling on, on, on somebody else's nickel, and we're there. So why not take that opportunity and get some jams out? So we, we go down there, and the first song, the organ player, uh, Sarah, put up kind of a... To me, it felt like an ocean thing. But the rhythm, the rhythm was sort of like a Celtic march kind of thing. <laughs> you know? And uh, I don't know. I was thinking major. No, we and, and we, no 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 uh, no flatted thirds or flatted sevenths and no blue notes. It was all it was all real major key, which is a real departure for both of us. Yeah. And uh, I didn't bring my bass. I used their bass player's bass. Oh yeah, that was the, with, 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 with the the heavy. <laughs> you could have walked on the fretboard and cleared the strings without dunking your head. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you done real good, Mike. You done real good. You got the grooves in your fingers that to prove thing it. Was, <laughs> when we did the gig the next day in Norway, I was asking Steve, "Why is my wrist all sore?" And why am I playing this little bass so easy and fast? Oh, it was great, and you were playing some. And you, 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 you put in a couple. You had a couple of your own uh, ideas that you, that you put forward. That that, that well, we after that to water with. one, I thought, well, let's not maybe go for a mellow one. So, and I was thinking, man, we we're pressed for time. So I came up with a thing like a messed up machine, you know, a messed up clock. And that was and and you were playing some pretty active part to that, <laughs> and then you know be, people being kind and following in, and then we did a. Uh, did more I don't know when I went into the studio, I was thinking of some chords. Just I don't know why. You did one, I wrote them down was, on a paper. Kind of a, a ballad. Yeah, of we went thing. through some chords on that one, and then. Uh, I asked uh, them to start off one, and it ended up like kind of reggae. <laughs> kind of, but not exactly. But yeah, the, the 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 beat was sort of like that. Yeah, but still major key. That's right. I mean, I'd, I'd, I I I tend to you know, but then some of it kind of broke down, and I started playing some. What did he call it? Like an angry bee or something. Yeah. It's like the flight, yeah. flight, flight of the bumblebee on, on acid. Their guitar know? player had, couldn't play guitar with us. He had to run the record. And he told Steve he was digging that B. And he's going to go back in and cut and paste and stuff. Right, and add his guitar. And some of them we even did a couple takes on. Yeah, we did. So, And then it was a trip talking to him after. Well, you get. You they didn't get, want to really call it Estelle. I think it's going to have a life of its own. So, uh, th- that's going to come out in the near future. Uh, five of us: Tommy, Andrew, Sarah, Steve, myself. And they said, uh, "Is it okay if we if we release this?" I said, "Of course." What do you? I want to be on as many records as possible, and it's going to be great. <laughs> Plus that, maybe that'll that'll give us one of these days. We're gonna get a ticket to Ireland or something. <laughs> it's a good town, good place to play music. So that was a trip. 
Uh, now, I've played a lot of stale on the show before, but hell, here's some more. What from Pedro?
That was Valley of Fire by Jackie O. Motherfucker. <laughs> we were just talking about that. What a great name for a band. You tell your grandma what band you're in. That's right. Now, now you came up with the name of the band, you were telling me. And Personas. Oh, yeah, Personas. It was like. You uh, had a, 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 a promo b- man talk you up on the Castro. Yep, yep. And it, was, it was called Bulimia Romana. Right, and, and, and my ex wife was, 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 was the, the singer of that. And we were going to call her Annie Rexia, and my name was Daoud, and I can't remember the other two guys' names, but we were from East Germany, and DDR, DDR. We were from the DDR, but uh, and then you were just telling telling me about band bands in Austin that would that would they would just make up a persona and put out flyers, and there wasn't a band, and there wasn't a song. This is old. <laughs> no, but but you know. 
it's still like a good marketing technique, you know. It's it's sort of like a, a different version of the producers or something like that. You know, it's like a, a good good rock novel. Anyhow, after that, we heard Bedtime Story Part One by P P R D C and D C P R and no P P N D C. PNDC, your handwriting is is exemplary. <laughs> it's execrable, and they're from, from they're from from Belgrade, the Serbians, and we apologize to the Serbian nation <laughs> for that gaff there. And then before that was House Eight by Estelle, who, of of whom we were just recently speaking. That's right. So if you were wondering who me and Steve got to jam with last Wednesday, that's who. It was kind of a trip. And Steve came in just reacting to the whole trip without anything ahead of time. I knew of Estelle, you know. Steve uh, had confidence. You, Yeah, you got a good spirit. You got everything uh, that I find in a musician ideal. Well, God, thank you so much. No, but truly. You don't have the stuck-up thing. You got patience. You got open mind. And then you put yourself to it. You don't coast. In all those years you've been playing, you bring that to it, but you don't hold it over anybody's head because you're in the moment. To, yeah, maybe learn from the moment, which to me is incredible because you've been around so long and have learned so much already. But then thinking about it, it might be only natural that you would be that way. Well, I've always enjoyed going where sax players don't usually go. And some of this is also because I didn't really feel like I had the reading or the chops to be like, you know, your your really hot bebop guy, although I can fake my way through that. I kind of think of myself as a, you know... A pretty good hack about a lot of things but there's a lot stuck inside my head that I can pull off every once in a while and I like the different situations and I like the fact that people are just willing to let me play with them on the strength of who I am or who they think I am and that's real good yeah it was a trip you know uh, they came over and uh, just met you in the hall and to them, that was a thrill. And then when I said, well, you know what? I told Steve I was going to record. He's into it. And they were like, whoa. <laughs> well, That's good. Well, I hope to return the favor. Well, actually, I think... Music's about that. But, will, but I mean, you know, we, we, we don't, we're not exactly sure what's going to happen. But since uh, Kamilski's going to be doing this gig with us tomorrow, he's expressed an interest... In doing some recording with me and with you. That's right. After sound check tomorrow, yeah, here in Moscow, and you know, we'll see what he's got in mind. Yeah, I'm way into it. That cat can play, and he's got a head full of idea. We're at the end of the second hour, September 10th, 2007. Watt for Pedro show. Hold tight for hour three. September 10th, 2007. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. And here's part eight of Jack Flanders and Tropical Hot Dog Night. Mm-hmm. 
give it to you straight. When the fog comes in, we go out to meet the monster. Uh, and what is the monster? It's what you're seeing out there. What I'm seeing is the fog. Uh, yeah. What is it? Who cares? Stop acting like a bunch of belly-aching tourists. Look at the people out there. They're having fun. You want to have fun? You dress the part. Is that why everyone is dressed up? Johnny Seven has some amazing clothes. Yeah, and it's sticky fog-proof, too. Hey, you two Frenchies from Montreal, right? The dames up there, they know how to dress, am I right? Uh, you, uh, what's your name? Claudine. Claudine. Uh, what I have here, <laughs> look at this. Solid sequins, don't this take your breath away. It's beautiful. If this ain't a perfect fit, I'll eat my hat. Try it on, what do you say? Mm, it is really nice. Yeah, and his prices are terrific. Go on, try it on. Dressing room's right over there. And uh, now, uh, you, Jack, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, now look at this. Midnight blue, double-breasted blazer. It says Mr. Yachtsman, polo, casinos, thoroughbred, old money. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is nice. Well, look, like I was telling you, compadres, if you got a persona you want to project, you got to look the part. Going to level with you. When you dress for the occasion, it's not just what you're projecting, it's what you're protecting. You know what I mean? No, I don't. You don't know what I mean? No. Okay. Look, the monster wants to play. So this is the way we play. Hold on, I got it. A trench coat. Double-breasted belt. A classic. It's the real thing. Oh, yeah. I like this. God, look, there's Amanda. Who's Amanda? Amanda Wolf, the woman I told you about from the other island. That's her. She's here. Amanda, hey, it's me, Dominique. Amanda. She's gone, swallowed up. Are you sure that was her? Maybe she didn't recognize me. Or maybe that's not the same Amanda. Maybe it's best that we all dress for the part. Why do you say that? Well, you've seen what people are wearing out there. It does look like they've all stepped out of a 1940s mystery movie. Yeah, film noir. Claudine, are you all right? I'm fine. You look worried. Yes, I am. What's going to stop the monster from taking us over? Well, that's a chance we'll have to take. Uh, there ain't no reason to go out there and wrestle that thing barehanded. Oh, well, did you bring boxing gloves? <laughs> Won't do much good going out there and punching it to fall. So what do we do? Ah, well, there's something I learned back when I was a kid in the Little Voodoo Heads. In the what? We called our club the Little Voodoo Heads. <laughs> You're kidding. Oh, it's like the Scouts. You know about the Voodoo Scouts, right? <laughs> you were in the Voodoo Scouts? Uh, Mojo, is that a <laughs> national organization? Oh, yeah. Our regional chapter was the Little Voodoo Heads. Uh, was your motto, be prepared? No. It's more like bring your preparation. <laughs> that was the motto? <laughs> We had a lot of models. <laughs> Things like put a light in your pocket and don't let the dog get in your pants. <laughs> what did they teach you in the little voodoo heads? Well, when we'd go camping, we'd learn how to prepare amulets for protection from uh, the bad spirits and from the witches in the woods. No, not witches. Oh, yeah. They got some mean ones out there. They live up in the tree. Oh, come on now. 
I never told you about the witches in the woods. Well, I think I would remember that. It's because Edelma got real good at making little mojos. Oh, my God. I don't know if I want to hear this. I do. I want to know how you made little mojos. I'm not talking about babies. Oh? I'm talking about mojos. Rose knows what I mean. A mojo. It's an object believed to have magical powers, especially the power to keep away evil spirits. Is that how you got your name, Mojo? That's how I got my name. Is he making this up? Probably. So, Mojo, did you come prepared? I did. I got my little preparation in uh, my little black satchel. Will it help protect us? The last time we were here, I let that fog get at me just a little, so I'd know what potion to make. Are you saying that you've concocted something that will make us immune to the fog? <laughs> I'm not that good, but what I got here in my little black satchel are some little black bags. See? What are those? Oh, Mojo made each of us a little mojo. That's right. What do little mojos do? If you feel like you've been taken over by that monster, you take a whiff of little mojo. Oh, it smells very strong. Yeah. God. Do I have to wear these stinky bags around my neck? Oh, I like the way they smell. Huh? Yeah, you would. You can wear them if you want. But they'll smell us coming from a block away. They'll just think it's you, Jack. Uh-huh. Well, you can carry it in your pocket. Will it protect us? Uh, it won't do that. And why did you give us these stink bags? Jack, they are not stink bags. Oh, no. If you feel you're being taken over by the monster, you whiff this. Ah, you. If you keep sniffing it up your nose like that, Jack, you're going to suck out all its power. It's just herbs, isn't it? Herbs and spells. Yeah, but it, it, it's smelling up my new trench coat. Jack, Mojo's trying to help us. Yeah, Mojo and his little voodoo heads. Okay, we ready to go out there and punch some fog? I am. Yeah, but why do I have the feeling that fog is going to punch back? stuff with a spoon. How are we going to stay together? Well, we could hold hands. Other people seem to know where they're going. I don't know which way I'm going. How about we follow someone? Maybe they know. Jack, what do you think? Jack? Where are you? He was right next to you. Mojo? Rose? Mojo? Hey, Rose? Jack? Oh my god! Where is everyone? How the heck did this happen? I wonder if I can reach anyone. Mojo? Hello? Claudine? Rose? Dominique? Static. Hey. Music. What's this? Fritz's pub. Oh, why not?
Watt from Pedro Show. Well, I was started the third hour out there with part eight of Jack Flanders and Tropical Hot Dog Night. Jack's adventure progresses. And then we heard The Presence by Crispy Ambulance. Uh, Steve, uh, we were in Helsinki, and you found some music. I was at the airport today, but I, I'd also been... When we went to the Loose Bar, I was talking to a couple of... Uh, very nice Finnish women, and they were talking to me about Sami music. And even though, you know, these are the people that live in, like, Lapland, I guess, you know. And uh, they're, like, you know, they're white, but they're, like, northern tribal people. And these are the people that you see, uh, you know, dancing around with their reindeers that they love very much. And at the same time, they're like Native Americans because they'll they'll love their reindeers, but they still eat them and wear their skins. And so when I, I I was interested in this kind of music, and when I saw some of it at the airport today, I said, "Well, it would be interesting to hear some of this stuff." And we really didn't know what it was until just now, and we listened to some of it, and you'll be hearing it also. Yeah, what's this guy's name? Nilas Yuni Aikio. Oh, oh, oh. 
Wow. Okay. Well, we. I'm going to try my lap and my 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 Sami and my Finnish very badly. So my apologies to people of those cultures. Yadni, we started this little last chunk of music. Steve's going to tell you what we played. And the first one is Yadni Mirkat Kuevat. Parentheses. I didn't make Suivaka, aka my mother's reindeer, and that's by Niels Juni Aiko Aikio, and is a the fine record that I just got today uh, of a, a lap guy, and there's a bunch of other great stuff on here which I'm going to discover later. Anyhow, you know these people love their reindeers, don't you, Mike? They they really do. They have parties with them. They get them drunk. They dress them up. But then every once in a while, they have to eat them, much like our Native Americans. But what the heck? They're wonderful people, and I'd love to visit them sometime if they'd have me, but not for dinner, except I, not me for dinner. I'll eat some reindeer meat if they serve it up. But otherwise, I don't... I, I'm not I had a, some in Tromso. Did you? It was good. Yeah, well... It was well, a game. <laughs> not no, to insult anybody, but... Yeah. And then after that, we heard Wes by Giuseppe from Italy. Yeah. That's a long ways away, down to the land of, you know, pasta and, and uh, vino and stuff, you know. And then followed by Dear Shit Book. Fuck the Facts is the band. Out of Ottawa, Ontario. I'm partly Canadian myself, so I can always relate to anything that comes north of the border. And Ottawa is a government town. It is the it is this the capital, isn't it? Right. And there's a French part I didn't know called Hull. Is I that played there it's wow. right across the river? And and I didn't even know that the the, the French got that far, you know. It's like but if they're called Fuck the Facts, maybe they're on the England side. But it's all Canada. Oh, Canada. Can you sing the song? Oh, Canada. No, I can't sing it, but it's like... Da, 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 da. And then it goes... Da, 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 one of these oh, Canada. One, one, one of these one of these days, I've, I I got a song called "I Want to Be Canadian," and 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 uh, we'll we'll, we'll part. that together. We'll, 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 I'm part. I'm part. Yep. What am I? A, a quarter. An eighth. I'm an eighth Canadian, and I'm one thirty second Canadian Blackfoot Indian too, or something. Like the Indian said. The Native American said, "If you had a nosebleed, dude, you'd lose it all." And you—you've got—you've got a mixed background too, don't you? I'm half Italian. The half Italian from the boot. <laughs> half Italian from the boot. From well, I mean, sometimes it, I like to blame my emotional state on my Italian background. Is that fair? Um, you can't help yourself. <laughs> and if you had to sit on your hands, you wouldn't be able to speak. <laughs> That's what they say about you people. <laughs> big big shout out to, to to the next generation of people that come over here and get treated poorly <laughs> because you'll over have here, your day like Moscow no no oh no the Russians there's plenty of them in San Francisco 
No, I'm saying that's the why Italian. the bear's on the flag. Yeah. Right. That's it. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, have it, you heard about projections saying Cali's going to be sixty million people in ten years? Well, you know why? Because everybody else is going to move there because they're going to be the first state with health care, and that's going to be all over. You mean Hawaii ain't got it? Hawaii, I don't, I don't know what they. Hawaii Somebody told me they got health care. Wow, for the U.S. I know it started in, like the Canadians started their thing in like what, Alberta and Saskatchewan, and it went to the whole country, and then it got really good, and now they're nipping back on it, just like they are in Britain and all over Europe, they're trying to take away and take away, so you got to co-pay and co-pay, and that to me is my biggest complaint about the USA is, if I get sick, whatever money I might have is gone. And I won't even be able to buy the double wide. <laughs> my dream is to be able to be so successful I could buy a double wide. Okay. With, with we can always dream with music. Let's play some more music. Code monkey, get up, get coffee. Code monkey, go to job. Code monkey, have boring meeting with boring manager Rob. Rob say code monkey very diligent, but his output stinks. His code not functional or elegant. What do code monkey think? Code monkey think maybe manager wanna write goddamn login page himself. Code monkey not say it out loud. Code monkey not crazy, just proud. Code monkey like Beatles. Code monkey like Tab and Mountain Dew. Code monkey, very simple man With big, warm, fuzzy, secret heart Code monkey like you Code monkey like you Code monkey, hang around at front desk Till your sweater look nice Code monkey, offer buy you soda Bring you cup, bring you ice You say no thank you for the soda Cause soda make you fat Anyway, you busy with the telephone No time for chat Code monkey have long walk back to cubicle You sit down, pretend to work Code monkey not thinking So straight, code monkey not feeling So great, code monkey like Fritos Code monkey like Tab and Mountain Dew Code monkey very simple man Big warm fuzzy secret heart Code monkey like you Code monkey like you Lots Coffee cake, take bath, take nap. This job fulfilling in creative way, such a load of crap. Code monkey thinks someday he have everything, even pretty girl like you. Code monkey just waiting 
for now Cold monkeys say someday Somehow Cold monkey like Fritos Cold monkey like Tavern Mountain Dew Cold monkey very simple man Big warm fuzzy secret heart Cold monkey like you Cold monkey like you
So we started off with Jonathan Colton out of Brooklyn playing Code Monkey. Now, I was way impressed with that song. I thought that was one of the greatest songs I've heard in quite some time. And I don't know if you agree or not, but we both got a big charge out of that. <laughs> very much, very much. And it's like, I guess you're speaking to a lot of people. Jonathan, you're you're speaking to a lot of people. I know whole cage full, whole cage full of us. That's right. (laughs) Big warm secret fuzzy heart. (laughs) That's right, just like you, buddy. And then followed up with cramping by Yumi Yumi from Japan. That was real good too. It's like I'm really appreciating all the music you're bringing. To the world that and, and all the music, especially the, all all those people out there, are putting out because it's just incredible, and I'm blown away. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm old dinosaur man, so it, <laughs> this is good too. for me to hear. And then we followed that up with Vietnam by Expo out of Paris, and I happen to know the guitar player in that band. Uh, he's been a, a, a you know a friend of mine and. Uh, Used to live in his house when I stayed in Paris, God, about 25 years ago. And it's really good to hear what he's up to now. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Maybe I'll get to see him when we're in Paris this time. But uh, last time I saw him, he gave me, he gave me that CD. Let's listen to some more music. Then I'm up. 
just heard a journey through fog by George Foreman unit, all one word. And uh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I like that a lot. But I like all the stuff that you pick, especially the ones I pick. But and then before that we had "Ack Ack Ack" by Big Gas, not the urinal song. Well, actually, the Minutemen when we did it, we called it "Ack Ack Ack," but the urinals called it "Ack Ack Ack Ack." Well, you know, a popular title just kind of keeps coming back, doesn't it? And before that, we heard Hot Chocolate Boy by No Joke. Steve, I want to thank you for being my guest. I always have a wonderful time, and I always get to hear all kinds of cool stuff. And then you let me play some of my finds and some of my stuff, which is way cool. And uh, it's always a pleasure. And... It's the September 10th, 2007 edition of the Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.